You blame the strike on President Biden's policies. Most Americans, 75%, according to Gallup, support the strikers. As a general principle, do you think it's fair that the CEO of General Motors makes 362 times what a typical GM employee makes? Well, let, let me say what I don't think is fair is that uh, Joe Biden has put forward an economic agenda from the very outset that launched the worst inflation in 40 years. I mean, literally, the cost of living has gone up almost 17 percent since we left office. Their war on energy has caused gasoline prices to go through the roof. And I have no doubt in my mind that all those hardworking auto workers are living in the same reality every other American is living in, and that is wages are not keeping up with inflation. I, I also think that this green agenda that is using taxpayer dollars to drive our automotive economy into electric vehicles is understandably causing great anxiety among UAW members. These guys are seeing the, the Green New Deal that, you know, that was passed under the guise of an Inflation Reduction Act. Mm -hmm. They're seeing it driving uh, the, their industry into electric vehicles, benefiting China that makes most of our batteries. Uh, and I think they're pushing back rightly. And I also think the American people stand behind them in the numbers you suggest because we're all living in the failed reality of Bidenomics today, Jake. But there's also this issue of general fairness. In 1965, during this era of the great middle-class expansion in the United States, CEOs made about 20 times what their typical workers made. But as I noted to you, the CEO of GM makes 362 times what her typical employees make. I just want to make sure I get an answer from you. Is that okay? Do you think that's yeah. fair? Well, I, I think that ought to be left to the shareholders of that company. I, I'm somebody that believes in free enterprise. I think, I think those are decisions that can be made by, by shareholders and creating pressure, and I'll fully support how these publicly traded companies uh, operate. Uh, I, you know, I'm not interested in government mandates or government bullying when it comes to those kind of issues. And, and I, I got to tell you, I don't think it's about the usual fault lines of the difference in salaries uh, between white collar and blue collar. I think it's that everyday Americans out there working hard are living in the midst of the failed policies of Bidenomics. Inflation's been horrible, no question, but their wages haven't gone up since the auto bailout in 2008. Meanwhile, the CEOs, their wages have gone up 40 percent in the last five years. That's what the, the union workers say as to why they're striking. I guess just a question here, do you side with the CEOs or do you side with the union here? I side with American workers. I side with all American families. I side with the people of this country, Jake, that are, that are living under the failed policies of the Biden administration. Families are struggling, families are hurting. They know we need new leadership in the White House. I've got a vision. MikePence2024.com to tackle inflation, to revive and unleash American energy. That's what we're talking about, and that's where every American is focused today. So you're giving a foreign policy speech on Monday focused on China. Ambassador Nikki Haley told me uh, when she was on the show that she considers China to be an enemy of the United States. Do you agree with that? Is China an enemy of the U.S.? China is the greatest economic and strategic threat facing the United States in the 21st century. Uh, and I was proud to lead during our administration on, on, on changing our national policy toward China. In fact, I'm returning uh, the first of this week to Hudson Institute, where about five years ago I gave that first speech. I mean, look, 
we sent a message to China after years of trade abuses, intellectual property theft, military provocations in the Asia Pacific, let alone human rights abuses against Muslim Uyghurs and Christian pastors in China, that enough was enough. We put $250 billion in tariffs on China. Uh, and, and while the Biden administration hasn't undone those tariffs yet, I, I, to be honest with you, we should have been increasing the pressure as we see even more aggressive behavior by China. But if, if I'm president of the United States, we're going to meet this moment with American strength. We're going to limit China's access to our economy until they straighten up and fly right and live by the rules of the road in international trade. And we're going to build a 355-ship Navy. I believe we can eclipse the Chinese Navy in the Asia Pacific because ultimately peace and prosperity comes through strength. Another big foreign policy challenge for the next president, whoever it is, uh, has to do with Ukraine and Russia. I want to play a clip from your former boss uh, from an interview. This is how he said he would handle Putin's uh, and he, how he would re resolve the conflict in Ukraine uh, when it comes to Russia's invasion, uh, illegal war against the Ukrainian people. Take a listen. I would get him into a room. I'd get Zelensky into a room. Then I'd bring them together and I'd have a deal worked out. I would get a deal worked out. I mean, bringing Putin into a room, bringing Zelensky in a room, I would have a deal worked out. Do you consider that a serious answer to the question of how to end this war? Look, the only way this war would end in a day, as my former running mate says, if you let let, let Vladimir Putin have what he wants, uh, which, frankly, other candidates uh, for the Republican nomination are advocating as well. Look, I, I want to be clear. I think Joe Biden's done a terrible job explaining our national interest in, in giving Ukraine what they need to repel that Russian invasion. Uh, look, I, I, I mean, it, it's not about these gauzy speeches that President Biden gives about democracy. It's that I know uh, that if Vladimir Putin overruns Ukraine, it will not be long, Jake, before he crosses the border of a country where our men and women in uniform will be required to fight under Article 5 in the NATO Treaty. So I, I stand on that old Reagan doctrine that if you're willing to fight our enemies with your so soldiers on your soil, we'll give you the means to fight them there so we don't have to fight them. So you've been courting evangelical uh, voters this weekend, emphasizing your faith and your, your values. This comes at the same time uh, as a profile has appeared in The Atlantic where Republican Senator Mitt Romney uh, is quoted saying that when it came to your actions as Donald Trump's vice president, nobody had been, quote, more willing to smile when he saw absurdities, more willing to ascribe God's will to things that were ungodly than Mike Pence, unquote. What do you say to that? Do you think that you used your faith to justify ungodly things as vice president, as Mitt Romney uh, believes? You know, when that phone rang in 2016, my wife and I went to prayer about the invitation to join the national ticket. I believe we were called to serve, and I'm incredibly proud of the record of the Trump-Pence administration. And in, in just those four short years, we rebuilt our military, revived our economy, and appointed three conservatives to our courts uh, that gave us a new beginning uh, for the right to life. Look, Mitt Romney has no idea uh, what I was doing in the administration. I haven't talked to Mitt Romney uh, for years. And uh, you know, I, I think he can go off into retirement. I know he was even critical of his old running mate, Paul Ryan, in the pages of that book. So I, I, I <laughs> I, I know the stands that we took. I know the stands that uh, that we maintained. And I'll, I'll always believe that we were called to that fight. And I, I believe in this moment, 
that my family's called now to step forward here in Iowa. On Capitol Hill right now, Speaker McCarthy is struggling to unite House Republicans behind a plan to avert a government shutdown. He's facing a revolt by some more conservative members of his conference who are demanding major concessions uh, when it comes to spending, threatening to oust him as Speaker if he does not comply. Do you think that the House Freedom Caucus uh, should hold the line uh, and keep pushing McCarthy, even if it means a, a government shutdown? Uh, or do you think a shutdown would be a mistake? Look, I, I think House conservatives are the last line of defense for taxpayers in Washington, D.C., and I strongly support their effort to stand firm and demand uh, the, the kind of budget cuts necessary to make a small down payment on fiscal responsibility and reform. You, you remember back in the day, Jake, after Hurricane Katrina, I, I led the effort. We stood firm. Uh, we, we demanded the offsets, and that was the last time that there was major deficit reduction actually in Washington, D.C. I, I think they should stand firm. They could, should get as much as they possibly can. But at the end of the day, we're still talking about nickels and dimes, Jake. Uh, we, we've got to have leadership in the White House, different than Joe Biden, whose policy is insolvency, uh, different than Donald Trump, whose position is exactly the same as Joe Biden. We, we can't have people in the White House that ignore that debt crisis. If I'm president of the United States, I will lead for those kind of reforms uh, that'll preserve Social Security and Medicare and set our nation back on a path toward a balanced federal budget. I want to play something else that former President Trump said on Friday night. Take a listen. Crooked Joe Biden and the radical left thugs who have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. In addition to seeming to confuse Obama and Biden, um, the president, the former president, also went on to say that reelecting Joe Biden would lead to World War II, uh, which, of course, is a war that already happened. Um, if Joe Biden had made comments like that, Republicans would be all over it, talking about his his age, his mental fitness, his sharpness, his acuity. The DeSantis camp has already tweeted that clip out. Uh, you have said that, in your view, Biden has lost a step. Do you think that 77-year-old Donald Trump has lost a step as well? Well, I, I didn't hear the speech, uh, so I'd leave it to judgments of others. But look, I've said very clearly, we, we don't need a president who's too old and we don't need a president who's too young. 